Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Just for Laughs Comedy Pro Premium Podcast Series, presented by ACAST. In a room full of comedians, you do not want to be the person whose phone goes off during the show. Trust us. Please set your phones to silent and put them away. Feel free to tweet about the show afterwards, and don't forget to include the hashtag JFLComedyPro and ACAST. We'll be starting in just a moment. Enjoy! Would you please welcome to the stage, Ruben K. I love it when the applause dies out before the music. Hello, hello. This is lovely. This is gorgeous. I normally do this sort of in a semi-lit room on my own or with someone. It's nice to have people here. Um, Welcome to Come to Daddy Live in Montreal at Just for Laughs Festival, the podcast for people who want to ask where it all went wrong but don't want the answer. Hosted by me, Ruben Kay, the answer to the question, does this outfit make my father look present? <laughs> it's a funny old world right now. We're all scrabbling for survival on an apocalyptic roller coaster plummeting towards climate collapse, pause for laughs. The oceans rise in tandem with corporate profits. There's no sign of action on climate change, just as our planet starts to smoke like me when I run out of lubricant in a shopping centre toilet's cubicle. And instead of contributing to society, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg have offered to cage fight to raise money for charity, which will be like slapping two cold bowls of unset semen together and asking for applause. We'll just pause there. There'll be a little edit point here. I have a lovely producer uh, back in London called... Amanda, and um, it's fine. Amanda, how are you doing in the Tory hellscape that is slash was England? She'll put something in here that's very witty. Thank you, Reuben. When I was a teenager, I used to be sitting in my room listening to whatever popular beat combo um, was all the rage at the time, and I'd be worrying that there would be a load of people in a room 
talking about me and laughing. And weirdly, that's exactly what's happening now. It's all my teenage paranoias come true. Um, So exciting to be sort of part of this live record. Maybe one day I'll be in the room laughing along with everybody else. But until that happy day, all the usual requests apply. Please like, share, listen, tell your friends and most of all, enjoy this special live episode of Come to Daddy. If you don't know, by the way, Amanda has dedicated her life to having a pug hospice. So sometimes in the podcast, we're interrupted by little snuffles or snores. So our most recent dearly departed pug, Velma, lived the majority of her 15 years with a tongue hanging out and no tail. So you never really knew which end of Velma was which. Because <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference between a swollen tongue and a hemorrhoid until you really got close and got the smell. So it's time to bring on our guest for today. Her numerous accolades include earning the prestigious People's Choice Award two years in a row at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, which I'm fine about. (laughs) Having her own Netflix special, Overqualified Loser, and winning Best New Zealand Podcast of 2022 with That's Enough Already. But all of this professional overachieving didn't stop her finding the time to take a road trip across New Zealand to relocate her mum's canaries. Please welcome... Ursula Carlson. Thank you ever so much. I don't think I've ever been introduced right after pug hemorrhoid. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate it. No, career highlight, I think. (laughs) Hey, thanks for coming to Daddy. Yeah, I mean, first time for me. Yeah. Not really. I had a busy 20s. (laughs) <laughs> I, I came to quite a few daddies back then Yeah? Yeah So the lesbianism was a late starter? Yeah, I'm not a gold star Oh, really? Well, I think if, if you're going to do anything, you need to make sure You know, like what if it's just a, a phase, you know Because a lot of ladies go through a phase mm, Yeah uh, You know, because ours isn't quite as, as full on as being a dude A gay dude, like that's a commitment so that's why I can't believe that people think it's a choice. Being gay is a choice. I think all those men that think it's a choice should take a dick and, and then see realize, how, and then go, "This is not a fucking choice. This is a, a vacation. This is a re- yeah, you got to relax into it. There's a lot of admin. You don't just hop on a dick. No, you got to work for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, but but you know, so I thought I I'll check it out. I I um, check check. You know, had a good look at quite a few decks, and I just it's not for me. That's lovely. Yeah. yeah. That's what, what a learning moment for our audience, too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. gorgeous. Um, hey, what are you doing here at Just for Laughs? Um, I had my first solo run of my solo show here. Great. How'd it um, go? Yeah, it was great. Mm. I was a little bit nervous, you know, because I, I suffer really badly from stage fright. Even when I do live stuff, I'm always backstage going, why the fuck am I doing this? Like, I should really go back to my day job, and then I remember I don't have the temperament to take instructions from other people. <laughs> <laughs> and that I, shocks me. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I'm such a people's person. Yeah. Look, we've only got a short time here. Okay. Let's jump into it. Uh, we do the parental questionnaire. Quick fire answers. Okay. Names of parents. Uh, ben and Letty. Where do they live? Um, my dad is probably in hell. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> 
<laughs> my dad passed away, but um, he was a piece of shit, so he's probably in hell. And my <laughs> mum lives in Tauranga in, uh, on the North Island of New Zealand. Gotcha. I didn't realise you were a member of the Dead Dad Club. Same yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit club, half, great membership. Half orphan. Oh. That's how I like to... I identify as half orphan. What a wonderful glass half full kind of yeah, metaphor. That's, I mean, I still have, I still have my mum to guilt trip me, so it's great. How much do you blame them for how you turned out in a percentage? Um, zero. Because I also give them zero credit. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So I take full credit for everything. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, like in the past, I used to thank my mum. I go, thank you for you know, all the work. But then, because my brother has addiction issues, and I saw how my mum struggled with taking responsibility for that, for his mm -hmm. life, then I said to her, you know what? You're not responsible for us, good, bad, or indifferent. And then I took it all off her. I said, you know, it's not your fault or your um, you know, joy for how we turned out. Yeah. I said, you did your job. And now we have to do the rest of it ourselves. I said, you, you kept us alive. And so I, I took the rest off her. I'm so thrilled I will never be a parent. <laughs> I think it's rough. I think it's one of the only jobs where you, you do all the hard work and then you get a very brutal peer review by the child who yeah. raised you. Yeah. That's going to tell you exactly A, where you went wrong, B, not where you went right. Yeah. Just totally kind of tear your strips. And then you have to divorce yourself from something you've given your identity to because yeah. they're divorcing their identity from you because they need to be their own person. Yeah, it's like, it's like you buy something, you don't follow the instructions at all, and then when that thing blows up, you're like, well, fuck, what went wrong here? But it's because you didn't read the instructions. The kid didn't read the instructions. So that's why I always say to people when they go, we're only going to have one child, they go, big mistake. Huge! you got to have more than one. Because if my mum only had my brother, who's the eldest, she would have blamed herself for all the shit that he's done over the years. He's clean now. He's, he's you yeah. know, going working the program and everything, which is great. But um, all those years, my sister and I would go, if my mum goes, oh, you know, where did I go wrong? We go, you didn't. Look how fantastic we are. <laughs> he's the fuck up. Yeah. And then, um, you know, whereas if she only had him, she'd, she would, you know, destroy herself with guilt. Mm. Where she could listen to us and go, actually, you're right. I'm amazing. <laughs> Do you think she'll listen to this? Your dad probably won't listen to this. We don't have that kind of well, distribution. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my mum listens to everything. And then she goes, you swear quite a lot. <laughs> Does she swear? No, she's a Christian lady. Oh, yeah. and Christian people are famously not super sweary. And yeah, really, yeah. Until really she can't find her phone, or she <laughs> struggles with the Alexa, then she goes, "Fucking Alexa!" I'm like, I knew it. I knew it, bitch. I love that Christian morals will stay there until you're mildly inconvenienced, <laughs> and then yeah, out the window yeah, they yeah. go. Yeah. What's she like as a sort of a as a person? What's her outlook on life? She is very mellow. Like, when people meet her, they always go, I can't believe Ursula's your daughter. Because she's shy, she's very quiet, she's, you know, sort of a proper Christian lady. Like, mm. attends church and just walks her dog three times a day and... You know, she's that person. Right. Yeah. Not so sort of just rocking back and forth in a chair, pulling out her own hair. No. Kind of after the stress of having a lesbian daughter who never shuts up. No. And also, my mum is so gay-friendly, it's almost embarrassing. Really? It's almost... She basically came out for me. Go on. Because I was 26. I still hadn't come out because I don't really believe... I don't subscribe to the you should come out mm -hmm. bullshit. 
because I have a brother and sister and I never saw them come out and I'm the youngest. I never saw them come out as I'm hetero. So I didn't say anything. And then my mum worked for this vet, Dr Andy. She was a vet nurse. And then um, she said to me one day, she goes, do you know Dr Andy's son is gay? I said, no, I didn't know because I had no idea. And then she goes, do you know how Dr Andy found out? I go, mm-mm. She goes, he just got a call one day at work saying, Dad, I'm gay, and now his son's gay. I said, I don't think that's when it happened. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then she goes, you know, I wouldn't mind if I got a phone call like that, if I was at work and I got a phone <laughs> call like that. Say so if I go in early to work tomorrow at 7 a.m.? I went, all right. So the next day she went into work and I called her at 7 a.m. I didn't even say anything. This is my actual coming out words to my mum. She answers the phone and I go, uh, and she goes, I knew it! <laughs> that was it. And she goes, why didn't you tell me years ago? And that's it. I never actually had to say anything to her. And my, my whole family was the same. I was very lucky. That's lovely. I love that yeah. coming Well, that's story. how it's supposed to be. You know? yeah. If you're listening to this and you go, you know, uh, my parents are still working on it, your parents have problems. It's yeah. not you. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly right. Um, they separated when you were six. Yeah. You've worked some of that divorce into your routines. Yeah. Was it sort of tough on you as a six-year-old? No. No. No, it wasn't. I, Great, I mean, moving on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but what was your, like... Um, cognizance of, of the split at six. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I was just happy that my mum left. My dad was violently abusive. Right. Like, chasing us with a gun kind of stuff. So sure. So, I was very happy that they separated. And then mm. we moved states away from him. Right. So, then I didn't really have any contact with him. So, how do you... Oh, so, you when you said in hell, do you know if he's alive or dead? No, no, he's definitely dead. Oh, you yeah. got a hit out on him? Yeah. No, no. I've, I, I have the bag of ashes. My auntie said, you have to take his ashes. And I was like, what? Now, what do you do with that? Like, and you even have to tell him when you take ashes on a yeah. plane. So then I had to, and then they said, and we're going to give you your dad's belongings. And I said, I only have one bag <laughs> that I can bring back. But it was literally a plastic bag, a shopping bag, um, with six copies of his CV, which had lies in it. <laughs> <laughs> and there was an old photo of myself, my brother and sister when we were babies in her. And that's it. That was his entire life in a bag. What did it feel like thinking that he just had still had the photo? Um, nothing. Like, I honestly, I, I completely disconnected from him. I had no, you know. Mm, understandable. Uh, uh, like, I, didn't, I don't even know if he ever drank coffee. Do you, that's sort of the perimeter where, where I measure people. If, if I go... If, if I know how you drink coffee, like you like a black coffee with no sugar, I know that. I don't even know that about my dad. What's the relationship with your other siblings? You have another brother. You have yeah, a brother who's... I've got a brother and, and a sister who's a year and a week older than me, and then my brother is three years older than me. And we have the closest relationship. And I think when you go through trauma, that sort of bonds you, mm -hmm. you know, and it makes you funny. Um, and they are all very funny and we're all very close and we get together all the time. Like when you said I took my mum's canaries on a road trip in the intro. So I moved my mum. She was living in Christchurch, which is on the South Island of New Zealand, up to Tauranga, which is closer to my brother and I. And um, but she flew up and a truck brought her stuff. But then, because it's on a different island, I had to go get her car with her four canaries because you can't take a canary on a plane because they will explode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that till the airline said, you probably don't want to do that. If you take a bottle of water 
on a plane. You know when you land, the bottle is all squished up? That's what happens to a canary. Anyway, so, so, so I didn't want to put my mum through the trauma of her taking the canaries out of the overhead and there's just these four sucked-in little feather pods. Anyway, so I went and I got my mum's car and I drove it. So it's like, say, a 25-hour drive all up from Christchurch to Tauranga and I bought her the smallest little car um, it's got like a 900cc engine, <laughs> so, you know, the last time my brother and sister and I went on a road trip, we were like, I was 19, 20, and 20, 22, you know, so now we're much older, my brother was still heavily drinking at this stage, so he had like three boxes of beer in the back, so there's hardly space for the canaries. My sister's in there with a CPAP machine <laughs> that she has to sleep with at night, and I'm driving, because my sister doesn't drive at all, because she's not confident driver. Mm. My brother doesn't drive because he's drunk at this stage. Um, and so I'm like, oh, I'm on a road trip with these two people to help me drive, but they're as useless as two tits on a nun because no one, <laughs> you know, as it says in the Bible. So they're not, they're not helping me drive. I have to drive the whole thing. It was crazy. It's like, um, but yeah, finally got mum's car and we had so much fun and I almost think that was part of the thing, you know, the fact that we've always been very close, the fact that we're always very honest with each other and that helped my brother get into rehab, mm. you know, that's sort of when we went, you know, because you're busy as a grown ass adult, I'm touring, my sister's got kids, so, you know, we all have kids and lives and stuff and then when we were together for those four days, we saw the extent of his drinking, we just went, whoa. And I think he went, yeah, this is, this is a lot. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What were you like as a child going through school? I was, I was um, the was, clown yeah. at school. Yeah. I was, Shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did the work, you know, I did all right at school, but uh, I, w I was always like, teachers would find me overwhelming and then go, you know, they sort of put you in the front, right by their desk if you're real naughty, and then I'd, I'd be chatting to them the whole time and then crack them up. I'd try and crack them up and then they'd be giggling and then they'd like, oh, shit, this isn't working. And then they'd sit me right in the back and pull everyone's chairs to the front so they're not close to me and then I just have to talk louder. <laughs> so I was a nightmare. I'm the reason I didn't become a teacher. Yeah. In case I get a kid like me in my class. I got, um, I got asked to come back to my primary school to talk uh, and they put photos up of me in drag and I said to all the kids, oh, if you... I was out of drag at the time mm. and I said, oh, if you work really hard, this could be you. <laughs> and all the parents were watching as well at the assembly and they were like... Oh. And then <laughs> I was the class clown but I never did any work. I hated doing anything, repeating anything, being told what to do. Yeah. But 
And my parents like, he's shit grades. He's got terrible grades. We'll go to the parent-teacher interview and we'll really nail him. And the teachers and us will work together to nail him. And then they get to the parent-teacher interview and the teacher would go, do you know what? I love having Ruben in my class. He's so charming. He's so lovely. Because I would just work the teacher over and make the teacher laugh. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely had that too. Mm. I still have, like, um, one of my big sort of those switch moments in your life mm-hmm. was a teacher, um, Mrs. Christelle Duplessis. And when I was, I was expelled from one school because I was a bit full on. And then as soon as I got to the new school, the principal there called me in and he said, listen, um, I'm not going to take, because in South Africa, it's really hard. I don't know what it's like in other countries when you're expelled from school to get into a different school. Mm. And he said, I'm not going to hold anything against you from your previous school. I don't want to hear any bad stuff that you say from your previous school. And then we start on a clean slate here. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I didn't really listen the first month or so because I didn't trust them. I didn't trust that it would be all good because boarding school is a bit of a wild ride. And then... Um, but he stuck to his word, and then I was still playing up in class a little bit, and my homeroom teacher, Mrs. Duplessis, um, held me back one day, and she said, because um, I got into a scuffle in the classroom, and she just went, okay, everyone sit down. She kind of broke it up, and then she goes, there's no greater waste of time than regret. And it's almost like I could f- hear the penny drop, you know, and I was like, shit. Um, and then, yeah, I actually, I, when I wrote my book, I wrote about that and how that was a big catalyst in changing my life. And I'm like, there is no regret. And I, so now I live a life where I don't have regret of anything. I want to grab every opportunity that comes along. And, um, and I actually thought, I'll look it up, but Christelle Duplessis is such a common name in South Africa. What? Christelle Duplessis. Are you making up these names from an exotic <laughs> game of Clue? No, it's very Dutch. So I contacted her and I said, listen, I, uh, you know, um, you won't remember me. I was in your homeroom class and you said this thing to me and it changed my life. And I, I did a TED Talk about it. It's in my book. And then I, from the TED Talk, other people have sent me clips. This one kid um, who just got out of juvie, he had it tattooed on his whole side of his body. Like it's changed so many people's lives and... So I said, I just want to say thank you. And then I sent her some of the shots, you know, the photos that people have sent me of ha- them having the tattoos or them changing their lives. So I sent that to her. And then she replied and she goes, I do remember you. She says, I was only ever a teacher for one term and it was that term. She says, um, oh, God, I want to cry now. <laughs> she, she says um, she was studying to be a child psychologist and they need a homeroom teacher. So she came in just for that term. And that's where she met me. It's amazing. I feel like we should have had tissues here for you. I'm yeah. sorry. I've had, so many, I've had so many guests on this podcast with um, disappointingly well-balanced childhoods. Um, yeah. Mine's real fucked up. Yeah, it's great. I'm, um, <laughs> do you think it's easier to be a comedian when you have this much sort of drama and trauma in I th- childhood? I think, uh, yeah, you definitely need life experience mm-hmm. so you can tap into because I mean being a comedian is reading your audience and knowing uh you know sort of seeing stuff and I think if you've only had a glossy life you can only see a glossy life yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm actually because I only started doing comedy when I was 32 so I had like a proper career and a proper life before I came to it and I'm very thankful for that yeah you're um you're a parent now yes how many kids do you have? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah. Half? Because I've got a stepson. 
Right. Who's 24, and then I've got a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old. How did people react? Did people ask you stupid questions when you were pregnant? Yeah, well, I wasn't pregnant. My wife was. But then they'll just go, where did you get sperm from? (laughs) Fuck, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Which position did you make your kid in? Like, it's none of your business. Um, People still ask me today, like I was asked yesterday, who donated sperm to you? I'm like, who says you can talk to me? It's just crazy. People just want to know stuff, you know. Or Mm. how did you guys do it? How did you do it? All right. I'm like, "Mm." got a video i'll send it <laughs> do you ever when you're parenting your kids see your own mum or see your parents in yourself no yeah mainly i never see myself or hear my because and through no fault of her own my mum would work 12 to 15 hours a day so she would leave the house at seven. It's a busy vet and get back at like, no no so she used to work in a bakery she had two oh. other jobs um, you know, she would go, so she would do bookkeeping for one company and then she would go work at night at this bakery. Um, and then, you know, because she's a single mum mm. with three kids, no financial support. And South Africa doesn't have, like, help, financial aid for single mums. So she did it all herself. So she would work such late hours that there was very little hands-on parenting. Like, she would make sure we had what we needed and then over the weekends, she would parent the absolute snot out of us. But then during the week... So, no, I don't have that voice in my head. I sort of have my brother as my go-to person. What, what do we do now? Because my sister's a reader. So even as kids, she would always just be reading. So And she's a middle child who speaks to them anyway. And then... <laughs> So my brother and I was sort of the team at home. We did all the cooking. I did all the washing. I did everything from, like, the age of eight. So I don't have that voice. Mm. Yeah. Plus, she's real calm, you know, which on my approach is a little bit, no. what the hell? <laughs> How does she interact with your kids now? Yeah, she, she loves them. She's mm. great, but, you know, she's real mellow. So they sort of play and paint and, you know, mm. or she knits with my daughter, stuff like that. My, my grandmother just saw like there was no rules, there were no boundaries. It was mm. the fridge was full of ice cream and the fridge was full of chocolate yogurt. Yogo, we call oh, it yeah, in Australia, yeah. just really rich, sugary chocolate. Oh, yeah, my mum's always got doesn't matter. I don't even know where she buys it. We can go there in December and she's got Easter eggs for the kids. She <laughs> always, when we, we can come any time of the year, there's always Easter eggs. I'm like, you're confusing them. Like, they think the Easter bunny lives in your house. It's just always, where, where do you get them? She goes, I have them. There's always this chocolate for the kids. And then when they wake up, then she'll say, I, I have some chocolate for you guys. I'm like, they haven't even had breakfast. So, yeah, she just, like, stuff like Grandparents that. Grandparents are just bribing, yeah. bribing for love. We're coming to the end, yeah. but... Uh, we have a little pick and mix. Okay. Pick and mix, pick and mix. It's time for us to do pick and mix. And today you have chosen, drum roll please, Amanda. It's quite hard. There's a lot of saliva on that microphone yeah, it's now. Sore tongue. You've got choices here and we'll all edit it together so it's all fancy. That's what Amanda's there okay. for. I just want to say my producer's name for my podcast is Natalie. And I remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Family Hell Holes. 
got any recollections of family vacations? Hit me. Okay, so when we were little, we lived in Benoni, which is a small town just outside of Johannesburg. I say small town, it's got millions of people in it. But um, we also had a farm that we would go to. Um, it's right next to the Kruger National Park. It's a game farm. It's called Ingualala, which means where leopards rest. And um, we hated going to this game farm because it's so hot. It's like mid-40s every day. It's that dry heat. And, of course, there's wild animals and you can't keep them in cages. It's just all open. So you don't know. Like, we'd walk around with a rifle if we want to go to the pool or if we want to do anything, we have to... Um, and then sometimes, like, if a lion catches, say, a big deer or, you know, like a kudu, um, they would then sleep for days because the lion's a cat, right? So then they eat and then they sleep, but then they want some shady spots and this lovely shade in our carport. <laughs> and so for four or five days you can't leave because there's lions in the carport. And so all we ever wanted to do was go to the beach. We never been, you know, to the beach. We're like, can't we go on holiday to the beach like normal kids? And my mum would say, you would miss this. Because it wasn't Alpha, it's like her friend's farm, that, but we would go every school holiday, every long weekend. And she'd go, you're going to miss this. She goes, not everyone comes to a game farm every, you know, like 10 times a year. She goes, in other countries, they don't have this. And we're like, good, we want to go to those countries. <laughs> um, but now that I'm a grown-ass adult, and I, like one year a giraffe drowned in the pool, a baby giraffe. <laughs> How deep was this pool? No, no, it, wasn't, it, it was quite shallow. Like at what? It was, <laughs> but because the baby fell in on its side, oh, so it couldn't no. couldn't come back. I know when I tell the story, normally I go, "It made it. the baby survive," but it didn't. It no, they got a crane, lifted it out, but it damaged its <laughs> neck, and we had to shoot it. But um, oh. I know. Shall we talk about my dad again? <laughs> I like that we're sadder about the giraffe than your dad. Did they at least yeah. get a nice rug out of the giraffe? Oh yeah, and it's quite tasty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Got to pop How, that what's the, the cooking time cooker. on one of those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you want to go slow, low and slow. Um, yeah, so we just wanted to go normal beach holidays. We never got one of those. That's very funny, though, to not be able to leave anywhere because the cast of Lion King is blocking your car. Yeah, just and there was no electricity, it was gas. So we'd just sit in there, like, there's no fans or anything in the house. Oh. I'm like, oh my God, it's so hot. We just want to go to the pool, but the lions are in the carport. So is this why you moved to Aotearoa, one yeah. of the coldest countries nothing. in the world? We have nothing. Excuse me, Auckland is tropical, thank you very much. <laughs> I think it's currently nine degrees. <laughs> <laughs> It's so unfair. What is a judgment call your parents have made that still sticks in your craw to this day? All right, so so unfair. Um, you know when your mum has done you wrong or one of your parents have done you wrong and you can prove it later as an adult, right? So when I was a kid, because um, we were so poor and we would um, all share the same bath water, like, and then my brother would go first, which looking back, that bastard should have gone last. But anyway... <laughs> But then uh, as we got a bit older, my sister and I had to share the bath water. So then she would have a bath first or me, you know, whoever would get in first. So on this day, I had a bath. But you know when you're in the bath and then you add hot water, but you're already used to the hot water, so you don't feel it as – and it was winter. So when my sister got in, she's like, oh, I burned myself. And then she wasn't allowed to add any more water because I've already – because my mum would go on the bathtub and she'd go, today. <laughs> and you weren't allowed to put in any more, Right. 
So my sister could put a bit because she's skinny. So by the time I got out, the water would sink considerably. But anyway, so I'd added the hot water. So when my sister got in, she started crying and screaming and saying, I added just all this hot water after I got out to burn her. And I'm like, I didn't. I sat in the bath. I swear I didn't. So my mum gave me a hiding, right? But like a proper hiding. And I was like, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So then years later, we were sitting chatting at my sister's house just over coffee. And, you know, when you're, when you're an adult and you say to your mum, yeah, you gave us a smack. I never hit your kids. I never touched your kids. Now my mum's got amnesia for all the time she gave us a smack. I'm like, you did. You gave me a hiding with a wooden spoon. She's like, I never touched your kids. I said, there was this time in the bathwater, because that has always bugged me, because I never, I wouldn't have done that to my sister to, to mm. you know, harm her. And uh, it really upset me, that hiding. I got a few that I didn't deserve, but then also got away a few times. That I, anyway, so... Um, <laughs> I didn't say, oh, I see my mum's here. Um, I... <laughs> Uh, and then uh, we were chatting about it, and I said, you know, I got a hiding that day, and I didn't deserve it. And my sister goes, oh, yeah, I, I should come clean. I knew you didn't. And I was like, what? <laughs> and, and then the whole thing blew up. She goes, yeah, I was shitty that day because I'd done something else. And I, I said to my mum, do you see that? I go, you owe me an apology. And she goes, nah, I know there's other hidings you deserved, and I didn't give you, so take it for one of those. <laughs> that is unfair. Yeah, she sounds mellow. <laughs> Hey, she's an African mother. Trust me, she's mother. <laughs> hey, look, we're um, we're kind of at the end, but I have one final gauntlet for you to run through. I don't run, so okay. thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> we call it "Shall I Be Mother?" All right. Shall I be mother? I want you to look into my eyes. All right. Pick one, the glass one. Yes. And pretend that I am your mum. Or your dad, or a weird Frankenstein laboratory yeah. experiment of both. Yeah. Uh, and what would you like to say to them now? Uh, thanks for not aborting me. Beautiful. Thank you. Is that going to be on a card soon? Well, I, I actually said that to my mum. I go, technically, you know, I'm the third one. She was hoping to only have two. I go, and, you know, she actually thought my dad had had a vasectomy, but he didn't. And then they had me. So, you know, she could have gone either way. Mm. I mean, it wasn't legal back then. But, um, you know, she could have thrown herself off a flight of stairs, but she didn't. So thanks for that. Thanks, Mum. Mm, thanks, Mum. Thanks for coming to Daddy, Ursula Carlson. You're welcome. I should have sat on your lap this whole time. Where can people find you? You're much more oh, famous than address, me, so I don't know why I'm asking. I'm at 82... Oh, maybe not my actually. <laughs> um, you can listen to my podcast on the listener app. Um, that's enough already. Or just on my website, UrshulaCarlson.com. You'll find all my socials on there. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. And that's Come to Daddy, Just for Laughs in Montreal. Wow. Thank you. Okay. Thank you.